Welcome to a brand new show presented by us, What the Fumble. My name is Justin, and I'll be the DM for these heists. And as always, I'm joined here at the table by my good friends, Adam Thane, David Wells, Miles Wells, and Colin Olton. It's me. It sure is, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) We're about to play Keys from the Golden Vault. A collection of heists that's designed for D&D 5e and it's released by Wizards of the Coast. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more, check out our main campaign on whatever listening platform you prefer. And if you want to support us and become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash WT FumblePod. And for those of you who are familiar, this is going to be a lot more of a fast and loose play style. These heists are, they're quick and traditional. Characters are going to receive a mission, plan the job, execute the plan, and try to escape the scene. Easy peasy. And so, with that being said, I think it's time to to play some D&D. You guys want to play some D&D? Oh, man. Right into it. Oh, my God. I just realized we're not going to be playing with stress. Hey, hey, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't know that. We don't know that. Uh, who, who's to say this isn't all in just some wild domain of dread? <laughs> if you want to know what's that, what that's all about, go to our main campaign. But if not, <laughs> get ready for some hijinks. Who knows? Maybe the stress mechanic will show up. You never know, David. You never know. But we'll start off, I think, by me giving you guys a bit of a background on the Golden Vault. Golden Vault is a secretive organization that has its main base of operations located somewhere on one of the good-aligned outer planes. Its membership and activities are almost impossible for outsiders to track, but those who are in the know are aware that the organization, they right moral wrongs, they support virtuous underdogs, handle those delicate situations that local authorities refuse to deal with. The Golden Vault's primary motto is do good, no matter the cost. Usually, missions from the Golden Vault are illegal, but they always support a moral cause. They have undercover operatives all over the multiverse that monitor the activity of adventuring groups, and when an adventuring group proves itself to be effective, they're approached by an operative and recruited into the program and you folks are one of those groups a group of dwarves to be exact and all of you opted with a lot of positive reinforcement from me i admit (laughs) to play a group of dwarves that are all related yeah (laughs) hell yeah we're one big happy family one big happy family so all the characters in the short story are They're already tight-knit, and they already know each other very well. And they're already members of this golden vault. Did you guys come up with, like, a clan name, family name? The entire table looks at David. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so clan name, Mogulborn. Mogulborn. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's perfect. Very good dwarven name. I approve. Mm Mm-hmm. Are we talking mogul like the little hill on the skis or like a, a, a 
tech mogul or something. Uh, coincidentally, uh, in one of my fever states of creativity, uh, it's both. Um, Excellent. Uh, I, I kind of came up with the idea that, you know, the Mogulborn clan, as it were, we all have a similar patron or deity that we like, which is Vergadane, which is an intermediate neutral dwarven god. And it's all about basically getting money. And, and very appropriate. So basically think capitalist, the dwarven god. <laughs> so, <laughs> so our family's all about getting money. Yeah. So for us, it's kind of like I like the idea that we joined the Golden Vault uh, because we're basically doing Robin Hood type things in the name of Vergadane. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. But hill dwarves? Yeah, hill dwarves. Well, so f- during from the- moguls. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're capitalist moguls, and we're also from the hills, which are moguls. So double Very entendre. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> Nicely done, David. Nicely done. Take the first inspiration of this little short story. Oh, boy. This Wait, is that your voice? No. <laughs> <laughs> So this group of Mogulborn are just kind of hanging out at home at the moment. So we'll take a, a quick minute here to kind of go around the table and introduce them a little bit better. Uh, so let's start over to the left. My good friend Adam Thane. What, uh, who are you playing? What are we looking at? That kind of thing. You are looking at a dwarf who has a similar build to like Launchpad McQuack or whatever in uh or uh DuckTales DuckTales. Launchpad McQuack (laughs) from uh Emperor's New Groove or like uh uh, Vladimir who collects ceramic unicorns. He's like this uh from Tangled. He's this just big, very top heavy dwarf, like just as broad as he is wide. Uh tiny little legs, uh to the point just before they become mechanically a a a detriment. Tiny little glasses. I am playing Brocktholomew Yancey Mogulborn, or Brocky for short. Brocky. Uh, Brocky is the black sheep of the family. Um, he grew up in a troubled dwarven home. When you had like Christmas or Thanksgiving or the dwarven equivalent, his family would be there and they would be just absolutely stone sober. And I oh know God. when family was Man. fighting, they wouldn't get involved. Disgusting. They'd come home, they'd read a book with a glass of wine. So he became a little bit of a, a shit disturber in his family. Uh, he learned to pick locks by leaving his house, not getting into any other house. <laughs> <laughs> because curfew was eight o'clock. <laughs> Uh, and, and watching all the, f- the dwarven fun, uh, he, he watched a lot of fighting and took a lot of stuff in from that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a little bit of a rebel amongst his dwarven uh, family. I like it very, very much. And like I said, you guys are already like an established crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought it'd be fun. I've got just, uh, a deck of magic items here. So if you want to pull just one random one, see, and then, you know, hand it to the next person uh, down the table. Oh, already getting free stuff. But let's see what you get. It could be anything. There's some actual, like, weapons, that kind of thing in there. There's potions. There's all kind of stuff. Deck of many things already. (laughs) I got a plus one shield. Holy fantastic. Which is fantastic because I play a fighter. That is amazing. That's perfect. Uh, David, who are you playing in... What are we kind of looking at? 
Uh, so you see a, uh, you know, shocker, a dwarf <gasps> with, with, uh, it has a great big bushy beard, but it's brought into one big braid, uh, to try and keep it out of the way, uh, covered in, you know, soot and building materials, humongous tool belt kind of across his, across his chest, uh, you know, leather slacks, plaid shirt, rolled up collared shirt, you know, with a chat, you know, with a little breast pocket, you know, button up kind of thing looks like a contractor you know just think, think of your your classic contractor you know kind of guy that you'd probably see walking around at home depot and that's what this guy looks like pack of cigarettes rolled up in his t-shirt sleeve you're not wrong he does smoke <laughs> um <laughs> and uh this is this happens to be uh carod stone grip um his friends and family call him rod and uh <laughs> so he's basically the smarty pants of his uh family and he always liked to tinker and always liked to, you know, play around with things and just learn to fix things around the house. And it's like, you know what? I'm pretty damn good at this thing. Maybe I should make money with this. So it kind of leans more into the contractor thing of like, I'm just going to go around fixing things and making money. Um, and then he got his uh, brother to come along because he's not a very good talker. And he kind of looks like shit. <laughs> like he's got a bunch of freckles, you know, a wow. lazy eye. Like he he doesn't look he he doesn't look like he's all there, but he's actually probably one of the sharpest tools in the shed, as it were. Um, so it looks you know, belie an unfortunate circumstance. But uh, yeah, that's what you're looking at as a the basically a dwarven contractor. I love it. Hell yeah! What uh, card did you pull? And the card that I pulled is a plus one battle axe. Oh, shit. Oh, oh yeah. wow. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Maybe I should give that to the fighter, though. <laughs> Just give everything to Adam, no matter what. <laughs> yep. like something only usable by sorcerers, Adam. Go. <laughs> yeah. And I happen to be playing an artificer. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Ron, for short? Rod. Rod, like sorry. Like hot rod, rod. Like hot rod. <laughs> uh, and you said your brother's in the room mm-hmm. as well. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yes, that's very Art's imitating accurate. life. Oh, definitely imitating life. I love it. This should be easy for you guys. Yep. Uh, for the listeners who are new to what the fumble, uh, Miles and David are brothers. They're twins. So this is this is going to be weird. Fun. <laughs> they're they're playing brothers who aren't twins. No, we're not twins. My oh, God. God, I know oh. it's crazy. It's what I always dreamed of growing up. Um, <laughs> I'm still the older one. <laughs> oh man. Um. So yeah, if you want to hand me the deck there, oh uh, yeah, let's see what yep. item you get, uh, and I'll pull that shortly. Um, sitting in the same room as everybody else, you see a dwarf that seems to have seen the salt air a little too much. Um, we have Morig Mo Stone Grip. He's not very tall comparative to others in the Dwarven family, but that is very much belied by the fact that he's very rotund. Um, you know, giving a sense of healthy constitution and and very, very familiar with the hard foods enabled that... And very familiar with the hard foods he would have had to have eaten when he was sailing a ship. Uh, seeing that most of the people in the family were more about the moguls that they are, uh, Mo thought himself more of a, of a fish. Uh, he would regularly go out and take a dinghy and 
go about the the various waters and rivers and whatnot. He had some nasty run-ins with some tritons one, once upon a time. But long and short of it, uh, he often recruited uh, a rod over there to help fix his ship whenever he invariably ran it aground or ran into something else. Seeing that there was an opportunity here to have some kind of business open up, uh, and with his schmoozing that he would regularly have with other people out on the ocean, he tapped into a different market. And while Mo certainly isn't a looker, he's a little bit better looking than dear old Rod. Wow. Um, You're just going to take that, David? Oh, don't get me wrong. He's still got an A charisma <laughs> score. So let, let's, let's, you know, hold your horses here. You know, this is the blind leading the blind at this point. Uh, you see a dwarf with, um, uh, Shorter hair on top, but his long beard comes down into two braids, and they go back over his shoulders, and they tie behind his neck. Oh, cool. Um, he's wearing, like, the typical, like, sailor vestments that you would find, uh, salt-stained with all kinds of different patches and whatnot, and hanging from his neck uh, in the space between his beard is a little dowel that's engraved with various things, like various mogul-born writings and whatnot, uh, a little trinket of his. Um Put into his hip is going to be a belaying pin that functions as a club. Uh, and he also <laughs> has a longbow uh, at his side. He's not a bad shot when it comes to uh, archery fishing. Uh, he doesn't <laughs> like the fishing rods. He preferred to shoot at them from his boat. Uh, and he's hoping to get one day out, out to the big wild blue yonder to see if there's bigger game or, in his case with Rod, a bigger business to be done. But here we find ourselves uh, in the multiverse now with the biggest oceans of them all. Some of them might even say astral. Very nice. So Mo Stone Grip, brother of Rod Stone Grip. How are the Stone Grip brothers related to Brocky? Brocky? Launchpad McQuack. I get the feeling that uh, the Stone Grips are, are related to Brocky. Insofar as that, like, they're cousins, so, like, they would have, like, their parents were, like, brother and sister kind of thing. Okay, so first cousins. Yeah, like, yeah. first cousins, I think, yeah. would make Very most sense. Very cool. Very cool. What your, card did you pull? Your mom, mm. my dad kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Siblings. And as far as a card I pulled, I got, oh, that's very apt for me, um, a potion of water breathing. Oh, sick. <laughs> oh, perfect. The, the, the sailor slash pirate um, pulled a potion of water breathing. Hell Yeah. <gasps> now you're good <laughs> uh and last but not least colin olton playing what exactly all right so everyone seems to be subverting expectations and i am no different good you see the dwarfiest fucking dwarf you have ever seen <laughs> <laughs> like flintlock mogulborn he is he's flintlock. like Flintlock Mogulborn. He uses the clan name as his last name because while all y'all were like, you were good to keep settled in the hills and having Flintlock. family members and shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, Flintlock, he knew where the real money was. It's in the big city where all the where all the business factories are. So <laughs> <laughs> making that business. Yeah. So. Like Flintlock, uh, he's a little bit older than than the rest of these these youngins. Um, he's sort of like the uh, the used car salesman uncle who sort of like comes comes back to the family every so often when he he's like he's got this next big venture that he really really needs. But he is 
he's just sort of rubbed shoulders, rubbed elbows, or I guess rubbed kneecaps, whatever, depending on how tall the the fair folk are, the non-tough people. Um, so he is, if if he basically has made himself the most stereotypical dwarf that anyone who is not a dwarf would ever expect to see like the <laughs> braided beard with like the gold plates on it like he's got i probably like moradin vergadane uh just literally any dwarven god he has some sort of iconography like on some very very nice looking clothes um and a very like a like an absurdly large like gilded pinky ring that he seems to really just like lead conversations with sort of <laughs> like, just like he's a hand I talker like he it. always makes sure people are looking it's like it's like the same effects <laughs> ring from around here exactly oh, exactly it's like oh yeah this this thing right here oh well i'm glad you asked you didn't oh well um and uh but no matter what he always uh he always seems like he's got another plan another another thing for the family to to get ahead and anytime he uh he runs into trouble he knows where he can turn and that's to uh his his flesh and blood going back to the hills baby we run to the hills very nice. nice. Flintlock Mogulborn, related to the group. How exactly? You're the uncle? Yeah. Uh, I like that. Yeah, uncle yeah, Flintlock. Yeah. Uncle Flintlock. Uncle Flint. Yeah. I like it. Did you pull a card? I did. What'd and you get? I. Ooh. I got a plus one mace. Oh, wow. You guys got lots of weapons and shield and potion of water breathing, too. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, I- sick. It, uh, it has a minor property, too. While holding it, I can use an action to cause my voice to carry clearly for up to 300 feet until the end of my nap. I have a megaphone. Oh, wow. I have a freaking microphone. Oh, no. Hey, everybody. Look how big my pinky ring is. (laughs) Can you check if he just wrote that on the card? Or that's actually (laughs) You... Just trust me, man. Just trust me. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Oh, you guys pull lucky. You feeling gypped with your potion of water I'm breathing? I'm feeling very gypped. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. It's on brand for Mo, but I still feel very gypped. <laughs> <laughs> well, as the Mogulborn clan is sitting around home, kind of mid-afternoon, you get a knock on the door. Ah, oh, well. Now, who could that be? We're not expecting any more company at your eyes' place, are we? Flintlock will uh, sort of hoist himself up, take a tankard of ale, uh, just as his walking ale, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, we'll just swagger up to the door. His walking ale? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's tradition. Like a road beer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Journey beer from the couch to the door. It's normal. (laughs) Shut up. It's walking beer. <laughs> I feel that in my liver. <laughs> I'm gonna just like pull open the door. Now, how can the Mogulborns be of assistance to you there, fine friend? Anything that we can do for you? Anything that you're looking for? You open the door. On the other side is a young human girl with fiery red hair. And she quickly 
hands you a golden key and then without a word just kind of runs off into the streets. Very traditional kid hired to do a quick job kind of situation. And as members of the Golden Vault, you folks are the owners of a very ornate key-operated music box. So right away, you all put together that this key you just got goes into your music box, and once inserted, it's going to play a message that will give you the details of your next heist. A job has just shown up at the door. I'm going to cheers the the direction of the kid who's like lost in the crowd, close the door, take a steady breath, Turn around, big smile on my face. All right, time to shut the blinds. Boys, there's work to be done. Now, where are you keeping that uh, Keeping that there music box? Ah, uh, yeah, I think it was left upstairs. I think uh, Rhodes was doing something with it. Where did you last leave it? Oh, yeah, it's uh, on, the, uh, my, on my workstation here. I'll go and grab it. Go upstairs here, clanging, you know, pots and pans, you know, cr- you know, f- prattling to the ground and you know here you know glass ting together and metal and just and then i come back you know with and produce the music box very looney tunes i love it yep <laughs> speaking of launch pad ah uh, that's different anyway <laughs> hey brocky could you at the windows make sure we're not being here being uh listened to uh yeah brocky will go around and um despite his uh, his size and big meaty hands uh he will uh, very gently uh close all of the curtains close the curtains put the key into your ornate music box and sure enough a message starts to play greetings operatives the golden vault has learned that the egg of an eldritch horror has been mistaken for a historical object and is about to go on display at the Valken Bluff Museum of Natural History. The anthropologist, Dr. Cassie Danell, tried to warn officials about this egg known as the Merkmeyer Stone. But none believed her. We do believe her, and we know that if this egg hatches, many will die. Or worse, this quest, should you choose to undertake it, requires you to infiltrate the museum, steal the egg, and return it to Dr. Danell who will neutralize it. There's no time to waste. The egg could hatch at any moment. Start by meeting with Dr. Donnell at the Sage's Quill Tavern. She'll be wearing a purple robe. Good luck, operatives. And as the message finishes, the key disappears. Poof, a smoke. Message (laughs) self-destructs. I always love that smell. Fantastic, that sounds like some things, uh... Some things need liberating from the clutches of uh, people who would, well, do things with through ignorance, unlike us people who know better. So, what do you say, boys? We in? I were in. I just wish that we would get one of these damn things on a boat or something. I feel like I haven't been sailing in the last... Oh, decade or so. <laughs> All these land missions you guys have to do. <laughs> Well, I, I put my arm around uh, around Mo's shoulder and I just say, "Now, you know what I heard in the uh, Museum of Natural History? There, they're having an exhibit on deep sea marine life that ain't nobody unless someone with a potion of water breathing and some serious <laughs> magical defenses could ever lay eyes on. So, I mean, if we're uh, 
if we're heading over there, if the timing's right, we could probably make a make a little trip over there, get you a little taste of the sea. I, I, I'd like that, I think. And you can see Mo kind of, you know, almost like snuggle up a little bit and being like, hmm, I, that, 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 that would do me some good. Fantastic. Well, folks, I'm good to go now. How you bros feeling? I, Brock, Brocky lives like a snail. He has all of his stuff on his back at all times. <laughs> so Brocky's ready to go. I need a minute to gather my things. Let me go back to my workstation. <laughs> you hear more clattering as I get my stuff together. You know, gra- grab my Dungeoneer's pack, grab, you know, a crowbar, and, you know, insert starting equipment here. <laughs> you can see uh, Mo reach underneath the table, and you can see him drag out a backpack. You can just see him rifling through it to make sure everything's good. Living as a ranger, because I forgot to say what class I was, um, he's used to, you know... Being on the move. Fantastic. I love it. So off to the Sage's Quill Tavern. Indeed, to meet Dr. Donnell. Sage's Quill Tavern isn't that far away. It's no more than two, three walking beers distance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's right next door. (laughs) (laughs) We were in it already. It's attached. It's in the same building. (laughs) We just live right above it. It's just convenient that way, I swear. Uh, it's a few streets down. Uh, but you head that way to the Sage's Quill Tavern. And as you enter, there's soft light that reveals a, a bunch of mahogany furniture and some very luxurious carpets. There's uh, a few quiet patrons murmuring in the lounge. But it doesn't take long at all to notice a purple hooded figure kind of tucked into a corner booth and as she sees all of you enter the robe lifts up just a little bit and who you assume is dr Donnell gestures for you to come sit at her booth you can see mo kind of sneer for a moment all this majesty and all this all this fancy robes and stuff like i know that it's for a greater cause but do you have to put on such a show? We're just we're just in a small town around here. Flintlock like gives you a side eye and like oddly twirls the giant fucking pinky ring he has on. You, you don't count, Uncle. <laughs> Alright, I just didn't wanna just wanna make sure we're clear. <laughs> but hey, every, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of a pomp and circumstance. Speaking of, I believe that we should uh bring a round of drinks over to our uh our patron. So, if you all go sit down, I'll have the uh, I'll have the drinks brought over, and we'll get this figured out. So, uh, Flintlock will sort of try to get a a bar, like either the barkeep or a serving person's attention, and uh, gesture to have a round of uh, of sitting be- of sitting beers brought over. Discussion oh. beers. <laughs> Discussion beers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Important. Very nice. A round of. Discussion beers shows up to the table just essentially at the same time that uh, you folks arrive. As soon as you get close, you can already see a look of anxiousness filling Dr. Donnell's face. Just lines of worry showing. And she says, oh, oh, thank goodness. Thank you for coming so quickly. 
Not at all. I've I've heard you have a bit of work that requires our uh, specificities expertise. He said, trying to use as floral words as he can. <laughs> Definitely makes sense. He's got them all written down on his <laughs> wrist. <laughs> on the inside of his pinky ring. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. It was a few weeks ago. I I was attending a dig in the Merkmire that unearthed a furrowed light green stone. I'll give you all the details you want, but the bottom line is that it isn't a stone at all. It's the egg of an eldritch horror. And if my research is correct, it indicates it'll be hatching no later than midnight tonight. Well, don't that beat all. The trouble is, no one will listen to me. The university ignored me, and I was caught trying to steal the egg from the museum so I could contain it. Now I've been fired, the Merkmire stone display at the museum opens tomorrow, and the egg is about to hatch. You have to steal that stone and bring it back to me so I can contain it. And that's certainly what we'll do. What information can you give us and what do we need to get for ourselves? My, uh, my family here are very good at what they do, but anything that you could uh, give to us or provide to us to make the job easier, you'll get it done as soon as possible. Do we have a, a wing of the air, the area? Any sort of... Since there was an attempt on... An attempt already to steal it, would there be any additional security? Anything like that you might know? As far as security, I'm, I'm fairly certain it's twelve guards, and even dozen. And then the curator, of course, Alda Arkin. She would likely have a record of guard patrols and that sort of thing. Now this Alda, would she be, uh, do you think she would be persuaded, able to be persuaded to see things our way, give us any assistance, or is she more of a straight-lace, things-need-to-be-where-they-are-and-they-must-not-move sort of lady? <laughs> things need to be where they are as long as it makes her look good. Oh. If it wasn't for her, I'd probably still have my job. Refuses to believe me. Well. Now, what is the estimated value of this supposed stone? The lives of the tri-state area. Because <laughs> <laughs> clearly if it's showing up in a museum, that's there for a reason. And if there are other more potentially valuable items in the building, perhaps we do a little distraction. I mean, who's going to save a stone when maybe a very precious, you know, boat is on the other side? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> are you going try to sti- try to commandeer a boat in, an, in a museum? That would be amazing. Because the value is in the thousands, but it doesn't matter. It's not a stone. It's an egg. It's going to hatch. In hours, it'll be worth nothing. Well, it goes on display to the public tomorrow, but there is a gala tonight at 6 p.m. Oh, well, that's some good usable intel. I've managed to get you some tickets to the gala, so you have entrance if you choose to go in. During the day, museum closes to the public at 8 o'clock, but the gala will be between 6 and 8 tonight in just a few hours. Well, don't that beat all. That looks like it's our... It's our in there, boys. What Around what time is it now? Around what time is it now? Uh, it's about 4 in the afternoon. Gala starts in about 2 hours. Okay. Because the museum is currently open to the public all the way till 8 o'clock tonight, but... 
the Merkmeyer stone will be only on display inside the gala, which will be held in the gemstone wing on the second floor. Tickets only. A very posh event. And she pulls out some clothes as her eyes uh, start to look over the four of you. She starts to pull all these clothes out of inside of her coat. A lot more than it seems should be able to fit in there. Oh, yay. She says, I've prepared and gotten you all kinds of clothes. Uh, You won't be able to carry any weapons or armor or anything like that within the museum. The guards simply won't have it. Very strict dress codes in the gala as well. If you need somewhere to hide your things until you need them, perhaps this will help. And she hands you a bag of holding. Oh. Excellent. Ooh. Heck yeah. Roll for the bag, man. (laughs) (laughs) What the egg look like? It's about a foot tall and half a foot wide. Kind of a dim green color to it. Fantastic. Any unique defining characteristics? If we, uh... I'm just spitballing here, but if we do any uh, sort of smash and grab, it might cause might alert the authorities, but if we could swap it out to something similar, do you think you might be able to figure something out with that rod? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, is that we'd pull old switcheroo. If we can kind of keep it quiet, then that would probably be better, I think. Because you're the experts, and go in when the gala starts, go in at night. That's why we hired you. You'll have to figure out the details. Have... Have you touched it? Is it warmer than a normal stone? No, it didn't have any properties at the time that that we discovered it that suggested it was anything but a stone. But my research suggests that it definitely is the egg of an eldritch whore. My guess is that the the bog it was in, the Merkmire it was in, was somehow keeping it preserved, contained, and now that it's been unearthed, something's activated, and the hatching process has begun. And she, kind of as she's handing you the bag of holding, she reaches her hand into it one more time to pull out like this one-by-one-foot glass box full of arcane wards and whatnot. I managed to put this together, It's a containment unit, but I'm afraid there's still a few cracks and seals that need to be finalized, and with only a few hours, I'll need to get to work on that right away. The second you have that stone, that egg, rather, you bring it to me, and I'll put it in this box. That should contain it again. Fantastic. And uh, where shall we meet you? I don't think that giving a very... uh supposedly precious stone to you in the middle of a tavern is exactly the ideal meeting place. It's wherever you're most comfortable with. Tavern it is, then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, seems to me that uh, any amount of time we spend in transit is an amount of time that this thing could be hatching, so the closer to the uh, actual event, the better. Don't you think? So, any, uh, about round, uh, which area of this here town would the muse- museum be, uh, be located? Any 
you guys are familiar with where the Varkin Bluff uh, Museum of Natural History is located. It's it's a short walk. Uh, you're not in Varkin Bluff, isn't a it? It's yeah, a couple streets down. You're very familiar with where it's at. Fantastic. Now, can I assume that you are uh, held up or uh, hold up here with the uh, with the room to yourself for all of your uh, arcane creation needs? She nods. Yes, I'll I'll be here unless you need me to be somewhere else. Well, I mean, seems to me that uh, a place that our client is comfortable with, a place that uh, she'll have the most efficient time making this containment device, continuing consolidating that, seems that uh, this place right here would be the perfect uh, perfect drop off point. So we'll bring the egg back here uh, with the invitations that get us into the gala. Um, do we need to, is, like, is it kind of invite only? Do we need to be, like, fancy pants aristocrat types or? She gestures to all the clothes she pulled out of the bag of holding and says, you'll definitely want to have formal attire, yes, so they won't let you in the doors. Like, are, we on, like, are there aliases on a list or it's just? We got the invitations. I'm just wondering if we have to put on a persona or not, because not going to lie, I'm not about that. <laughs> you know, there's no uh, no guest list. Just need a ticket to get through. Uh, I mean, you can actually get into the Varken Bluff Museum of Natural History without these gala tickets. Uh, the rest of the museum is going to be open to the public till 8 o'clock tonight. The gala is in a very like specific section of the second floor. Uh, behind closed doors that will require a ticket to get through. All right. Yeah. Just an admit one ticket. Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. She also pulls one last thing out of her pocket as she says, oh, and by the way, once you get it back here, uh, 20 gold to each of you for your troubles. Well. And of course, should you happen to find anything else in... The museum, I am happy to look the other way. What I don't know won't hurt me. I like this one. (laughs) Indeedy. It's it's for the good of the people, honestly. Uh, But she pulls out a hand-drawn map. She says, as I mentioned, I used to work at the museum and got fired when I tried to steal the egg. Uh, I've drawn this map for you out of memory. I was an archaeologist on the staff so i didn't have access to every room every nook and cranny but this is what i remember and she kind of shows you this hand-drawn map which i'll show you players here on the screen fantastic Mm -hmm. well that is certainly far more than we had before meeting you so thank you very much madam and she also adds i know the museum has an alarm system uh, that is activated at 8 p.m. once the museum closes to the public. I don't know where the alarms are or how it works, but I do know it exists, so you'll certainly want to keep that in mind. Certainly, certainly. If I had to guess, they'd do what any self-respecting business would do, and they would have it near the money, which would likely exit through the gift shop. <laughs> So if I had to guess, it's probably down there. Um, You say that there's about an even dozen that are patrolling and whatnot. Do we know 
what kind of guards these are? Are these people that have worked here for years? Are they just fresh hires? Or do they have any kind of tenure? Anything you can tell us about the guards, maybe? It's a mixed bunch, as far as I know. Some have worked there for years. Others are simply working there part-time to pay off their debts. Uh, And I don't know who patrols where and when. It'll be up to the luck of the draw. Makes sense to me. I mean, you were an archaeologist. You weren't a person. You weren't the captain of the guard. You wouldn't know. You just take a look at them. Only know, take note of them if they got in your way. I can't help but notice there's a distinct lack of fire escape. <laughs> <laughs> um, normally those doors are, are available and alarmed and such, but they could also make for an easier getaway. Um, I presume that these windows are meeting egress. Is that right, David? Yeah, you're actually correct. Yes. Hey, hey. <laughs> so if these windows are large enough for people to escape through, maybe going through a window might not be a bad idea. Indeedy. <laughs> she, yeah, she kind of yeah. shrugs. She's not even sure what you're talking about. <laughs> she kind of like looks around at the Sage's Quill Tavern, which is this completely wooden structure that could probably house 500 people and has like a single tiny little door (laughs) (laughs) what we're saying is is it up to fire code no all right fire occupancy shrug (laughs) (laughs) gotta wait gotta wait till dr 1989 for that to come on in (laughs) (laughs) all right i would like to roll an insight check on her to see if she's being genuine if there's a desperation about her in that she's concerned for people, or maybe if there's a desperation that she's a crazy cultist and she wants this thing for herself. Yeah, let's do some insight. That is a 20. That is nice. very nice. Very nice. She does seem like she's genuine. The alarm in her face is definitely that of being worried about this egg hatching. You know, worried about you guys being able to get this before midnight. You think maybe, too, there's a little bit of her that hopes that if you guys pull this off and she's able to contain the egg, that maybe it'll put her in good standing again. Maybe she could get her job back. Makes sense. If we prove that she was right, then there's no reason for her to have been fired in the first place. Exactly. I'm down. She's completely on our side, not just coincidentally magical i also can't help but notice that you don't know where the stairs to the basement are what what would have been in the basement do you know or is there is there storage down there or maybe it's another eldritch horror well one thing at a time <laughs> uh she shrugs says, i'm i'm not sure i've never been down there i assume there must be stairs to get down there somewhere i know the the loading docks out back there's a a set of loading doors out back outside of the museum that lead down into the basement. There must be some stairs up to the main floor. I've never seen it for myself, but from what I hear, they store old displays. All right. Well, it'd be easy for a switcheroo if we went to an old display. Indeedy. Uh, do you happen to know the names of any other employees in there? Maybe in case if we do get caught, we can be like, hey, we're friends of so-and-so or something. Or, like, where did you clock in and out, actually? Like, you know, with your paper and stuff. Like, I'm sure there's probably workers there. We should probably avoid high traffic areas. Where did you clock in and out? 
Because it didn't really clock in and out per se. I did most of my note-taking and reading in the cafe, to be honest. Uh, the only employee I I really got to know was Alda, Alda Ark, and the, the curator. I'm ashamed to say I didn't even bother to ask a single guard their name during my employment there. Well, don't be too hard on yourself. You have plenty of things, uh... Plenty of things to worry about already, especially, especially now. So, I think it's, uh... I think it's our job to make sure you have one less thing to worry about. Wouldn't you agree, boys? Absolutely. I Share. Alright, so, I'll tell you what's gonna happen right now. We're gonna get another round, you're gonna steady your nerves, you're gonna go work as hard as you can on that, uh, on that containment box that I am sure you will have ready in plenty of time. And then we are gonna scope out and then, well, honestly, we're going to do what we do best. We just scope out the area, make a plan of attack, and then execute to complete dwarven precision. That's the Mogulborn way, and that's what we're here for. <laughs> I love it. I love it. She nods. Thank you again, all of you. I'm uh, starting to get desperate. If I'm right... And that egg's going to hatch at midnight if it doesn't get to this box. But get it here and you'll be saving the lives of many, many people. Good luck. To you as well, miss. Pleasure to meet you. And with that, you guys uh, grab a whole bunch more walking beers. (laughs) (laughs) And it sounds like you want to go scope the place out. Indeed. But first, um, Rod, can you... uh, Do you think you could... Like set up a little couple of backpack straps on a keg that we could strap to uh, good old Brocky's back, just so we have scoping beers. Yeah, it's scoping beers. It's important. It's important. <laughs> Some scoping beers. Yeah, kind of focus without a scoping beer. We're the most competent ice crew ever. <laughs> Yeah, I go find some working leathers and, and, you know, tinker around and use my carpentry's tools and, you know, manage to get some straps together. And yeah, we got we got ourselves a keg. Hell yeah. My treat. Priorities, priorities. Exactly, exactly. End of the world. Don't want to see that sober. So off to the Varken Bluff Museum of Natural History. We'll say after all that conversation and the short walk... Probably have to stop and get some more walking beers along the way. You guys get These are to, some growing boys. <laughs> you guys get to outside of the Varken Bluff Museum of Natural History at about 4.30 p.m. The gala is scheduled to start in an hour and a half. The museum already open to the public. Who wants to do the scoping rolls? Who wants to do some recon rolls? Uh, I think I I could do some recon. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm kind of interested in the kind of construction of the place. Know what kind of windows are there? What kind of doors are there? <laughs> uh, but that's my bit. <laughs> Stay in your lane. <laughs> the ocean. <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I I also want to get the take the measure of of some of the people that are behind the counters. You know, the smiths, the or sorry, the um, um the cashiers or at the gift shop or or the archaeologists, the museum curators, any other janitorial staff, that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. But you guys are doing like a 
a bit of recon from outside first or yeah yeah uh definitely outside first how many stories is this building yeah, about windows exits all that good stuff yeah awesome so who wants to give me the the role just be a, a perception or uh, investigation def- from somebody uh, mo will definitely perceive what's is, going on here is he in our first rodeo we know who's good at what exactly exactly get on it mo uh oof, 14 14 not too shabby really so old Mo Stone Grip does a lap around the Varken Bluff Museum. It's a pretty big building. It's made of stone, and there's not a single window on the place. It's a museum, so you got to pay to see what's inside there. Fair. Uh, so unfortunately, no windows to look through. It is a two-story building with an attic and a basement. You do indeed find some loading doors in the back of the base uh in the back of the building that lead to the basement through your lap around the place you manage to just barely see the top of uh a sunlight uh on the very top of the building, so there's like a little uh skylight little yeah a skylight sorry a skylight mm-hmm. at the top of the the attic. Nice. Uh, there's the front door, and aside from that, you don't see any other ways into the place. Locked up tight. There are, you know, people milling about the area. The public are, you know, filing in and out every few moments. You see some families with their kids coming out of the museum. The kids, like, the kids, like, excitedly talking about. The giant Allosaurus display that's inside. Oh, that's just cool. But yeah, you uh, managed to put together... It's a two-story building with an attic and a basement, even though the building itself is uh, looks like maybe 70 feet tall with the attic. Like, it's two giant 30-foot-high floors, pretty much. Okay. It's a bit of a shitty question, but uh, I don't suppose there's aqueducts running underneath here. Not that you know of. Hmm. I guess you can start digging your dwarves. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So in 15, maybe 20 days, we'll have everything set up for a full escape plan. Uh, All right. So I noticed right next to the Merkmire stone on our little map that we have here, there are some privies. What kind of... What kind of technology are we talking here or would we have to go in and um use the facilities to find out yeah you'd have to go take a look well i mean we've had a lot of wandering beaters exactly exactly i mean if anything we we meant better just ask to use the public restrooms um that said y'all know me you know y'all know what where i've been what i've done um he like holds up his little pinky signet ring and y'all know the deal i made for this little baby now, tying my soul to a uh, a genie of Earth, maybe not my single greatest deal I ever made, but it gives me some pretty fine perks. And one of those, if I got my hands on that stone, if you, one of you grab a hold of my hand, I can take everything that I am and everything I'm holding, go right into this ring, you can flush it down the toilet, you go find where it comes out, go to the sewers, it'll be great. But uh, if there's anything that requires loitering, stealth, anything like that, you just leave that ring someplace no one will see, 
and I can unlock anything after they lock up at night. Wow, that was a really convoluted way of saying I could hide in my ring in the event that we need to come in after hours. <laughs> I'll leave you That's in the privy cool. for that one. <laughs> well, uh, basically, I'm saying if we can flush a ring down a toilet and we find out where that toilet go- where that toilet comes out, we might have an exit right there. It ain't a shit idea per se. <laughs> Listen, if it's the difference between uh, helping out a kind young lady who's just doing the doing her best to get her job back and destroying the entire city that we're living in right now, I'll take a shit job. <laughs> I'm kind of feeling that maybe we go through the attic, maybe, because the attic might have a stairwell right to the gemstone wing. So we just go up through the top, through the attic, into the gemstone wing to grab it and go back the way we came. And maybe what we could do is, while we scope out, we just see what kind of alarm systems are around and deal with those as necessary. Fantastic. You uh, you got any sort of magic detection on you there, uh, there, Rod? Uh, no, but I'm, I'm sure we can figure it out. Oh, yeah. No. Ain't the first time, won't be the last. So what is, uh, the immediate plan, then? I think the immediate plan at this point would be for us to get entrance into the museum, um... First, confirm some of the items on the map to make sure that uh, her memory wasn't shot. Uh, And what I'm curious about more than anything is the creatures of the past and um, uh, what is it? The underground wonders, that section of the map um, uh, and, you know, coming down adjacent to the gemstone area uh, to see if that what that wall looks like. And and if there's anything that we can do to that wall specifically, if it's on the second floor, there might be some options there. Um, So act like tourists, essentially, while scoping the place out inside. Yeah, indeedy. Museums are meant to be looked at. Absolutely. So what are we looking at now have you guys put on your gala clothing is the plan to go to the gala you certainly don't have to but like are you going in as a group of thieves or are you going in as uh, a bunch of fancy dwarves what are you doing hmm. i i would suggest not going in in our gala clothes because then we at least have that change up to make it slightly less inconspicuous that oh these fancy dwarves are here as opposed yeah. to we were whatever or just go in like full marvel move marvel cinematic universe where we have a hoodie and a ball cap and no one recognizes us yeah yeah um and then yeah the or it gives least. us time we to change we go into the restrooms and uh that's when we can scope out the restrooms fair but yeah um i mean there's it's a museum. It's designed for people to come in and out. May as well, uh, I guess, for tickets for a little little hour long tour. See what we can see. What we can see. See what we can scope out. Uh, I don't think. Well, I mean, I'm already in pretty nice clothes, so I don't know about you, but I'm gonna go in as is. Works for me. So you guys are going in in common clothes. Yeah, because you have been warned that like weapons and armor, like they're not going to fly, which is why she was like, you know, take this bag of holding so you have yeah. somewhere to to dump mm. your weapons. 
but like you know you're you can go in with your long bow strapped to your back it's yeah probably a matter of time before a guard bumps into you and says get out though. if i'm wearing my chain shirt like it's my vest and i'm a member of the village people <laughs> we're talking guards will still maybe kick me out absolutely okay all right then i, I will take that off yeah well i mean yeah we'll just uh stash any uh burgling goods and in the bag of holding we still have we'll still have access to that and who's, who's gonna hold the bag of holding hmm. <laughs> everybody looks at me <laughs> i mean i'll take the bag of holding like i can i can hold the bag that's no big deal we just know where we gotta go and what stuff's on us and not on us well sure thing and uh in the event that we uh, we do see anything that we would want uh, to investigate a little a little more closely without any prying eyes, um, then uh, just uh, why don't we have a code word? Just uh, if you see something that uh, you need, perhaps me to blow up some smoke and mirrors, take take a few eyes off of you, so you can do the things that you do best. Just say that. Um, you think uh, you're not thirsty for another ale just about now. And then we'll know. Something we never say normally, uh, right? I'm good for the moment. <laughs> I'm good for the moment. There we are. And I'll uh, see about drawing some eyes on me. Just so we have that figured out beforehand, uh, just so we don't have to. Of course. Just like old times. Oh, of course. Exactly. Like exactly. the heist of the jade jade. <laughs> <laughs> the veteran jade ship jade. I almost kind of want to take a closer look at those loading doors to see uh, what kind of security's around there. Well, certainly, Will. We only have a certain amount of time. Do we want to? Uh, you've to already done. You've already uh, done a loop around, and mm-hmm. the uh, loading doors in the back are locked. I mean, they do have locks on them. Mm-hmm. It's a double door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any posted guards like kicking around the outside, or is it more interior guards Not as outside. far as we can see? So far, you haven't seen a single guard. Okay, fantastic. Well, so we going in? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'll yeah. we'll strip down so that we don't have our weapons and armor, and we're not going to go in battle ready. We're just going to go in, good old commoners. Down to mm-hmm. commoners' clothing, just a family of dwarves, bag of holding in the in the possession of Mo Stone Grip, mm-hmm. and in you go right through the grand entrance, like we own the place. On the other side of the entrance doors, you see a large open area, 30-foot ceilings. Just a few feet in front of you, you can see the museum's information desk that's situated just a few feet in front of this massive marble column that's right in the center of this grand entrance There are two statues depicting robed human women that flank the sides of this public mingling space. And to the north is a grand staircase that's draped in rich carpets and heads up to that second floor. You can see right away there's two guards that are patrolling this area right now. There's someone behind the desk that looks up and nods at you, awaiting you to 
awaiting to see if you, you need any pamphlets or brochures from the informational desk. Off to the left, there's some displays. And off to the right, you can see there's uh, three closed doors. One of them says staff room slash storage. One of them says uh, curator's office. And one of them says records room. Okay. So some closed doors to your right, exhibits to your left, and typical information booth in front of you. What is the plan? And in addition to that, there's lots of just public people just walking oh. around. It's, you know, it's a museum in during open hours. So there's yeah. people all over the place. Fantastic. Well, big old smile. I walk right up to the help desk. Hi there. My, uh, myself and a few of my family members were hoping to get a nice look at what you have to offer before the, uh, the gala this evening. Very excited for that, too. There's a tiny halfling behind the desk, pokes his head up, says, Oh, um, oh, gala, huh? Oh, I hope you brought uh, a change of clothes. They're certainly not going to let you in looking like that. There's some privies on the second floor if you do need to change. Uh, Oh, but of course, but of course, we just don't want to get it dirty beforehand. You know the way things are. Get a certain smudge, they're not like just as likely to not let you in. Gives you a strange look. Says, "Oh, yeah, sure, yeah, <laughs> okay, that works for me." Uh, as far as the other displays, open to the public. Uh, museum closes at eight. They'll need everyone out promptly before that. There's an alarm system that goes off and makes a heck of a lot of noise if anyone's in here past the hours that they're supposed to be. Whole lot of noise. Oh, Please goodness. don't set that off. Uh, 8 p.m., you got to be out. Wouldn't dream of it, sir. Wouldn't dream of it. Make your life more of a hassle? No, thank you. Uh, does this halfling have like a name tag or anything on him? Bob. <laughs> Bob the halfling. Bobbleton. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your assistance, Bob Bobbleton the halfling. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Got brochures. You hear? Have you ever seen the Allosaurus display? It's awesome. It's on the second floor. Fantastic. Well, you give me a brochure for that right now, there, sir. He gets very excited as he hands you this brochure and explains some of the exhibits here at the the museum. He says, "Down here on the first, you got your ancient cultures exhibit. You've got your ancient plants exhibit. And the real cool stuff is on the second floor. That's where you'll see." The, the Allosaurus, they found it in the Merkmire. Super well-preserved. It's an amazing specimen. And, uh, of course, there's all the other displays up there. Creatures of the Past exhibit, Underground Wonders exhibit, there's an archaeology display, a cafe, Prehistoric Predators exhibit. And he's just, his face just keeps lighting up more and more. Color me interested. My goodness. Now, there just seems like there's so much variety here that you can't have everything all out at once. I, I, I swear, a couple of years ago I came through this city, you had a completely different set of displays. What sort of, what all happened to those? Would we be able to see those too? As oh, some get sold, some go into storage down in the basement. 
some end up in the attic. Uh, but yeah, we like to, you gotta rotate stuff up. Oh, I mean, that Keep makes... the public coming, you know? Exactly, that makes perfect sense to me. But I don't, I mean, if there was someone who really thought everything was, all this, all this was incredibly interesting, wanted even more fascination with all of your beautiful exhibits, would there be any sort of arrangement that perhaps uh, some astute, passionate people like yourself and some very interested parties uh, would be able to come to, perhaps for uh, a decent donation to your uh, to your personal or general uh, salaries? Kind of shrugs as high. Look, uh, something like that, you'd have to talk to the curator. Her name's Alda Argan. Uh, her office is over de- over there uh, on the eastern wall, but she's not in there right now. She's on the second in the gemstone wing, getting ready for the gala. But of course, but of course, she sounds just lovely. If I see her, I will be sure to let her know what a fantastic job you're doing there, Bob. Yeah, no one in this museum knows more about this place than her. Oh, I'm sure you're a close second, though. Thank you very much for all of your assistance. We are going to have the time of our lives. And uh, Bob sorry. Bobbleton seems to very much like you, Flintlock mogul born. He lights <laughs> up yes! as you start walking away. He's like, wow, that guy was awesome. <laughs> like, look to the the rest of the mogul borns. That guy was awesome. We should come back here sometime. So, like, are you going to sleep with him or what? <laughs> you know, laying it all in a little thick. Listen, I didn't have any um, dis- asking for direction beers, so I had to wing it, all right? Uh, yeah, it's, I see how that works. Everything everything that we have is in the bag of holding. I had to improvise. Now, um, I will add the only other section of the first floor that I haven't mentioned yet is the gift shop area. It's kind of right mm-hmm. there at mm-hmm. the base of the grand staircase that leads to the second floor. It's hard to get to the second floor without walking through the gift shop. <laughs> Perfect. But it's also back there on the first, and you see a couple kids, like, uh, you know, begging their parents for one of the Allosaurus masks oh, that are that being precious. sold there. Uh, while we're looking around the first floor and while Flint is doing his schmoozing, I think what uh, what Rod would be doing is looking around the first floor to see the nature of the alarms. Are they magical? Are they mechanical? Where are they? kind of thing is there any way for me to see if i can track them down just look at them not tinker or anything with them just locate them so you're looking for some alarms on the first now whereabouts first floor is pretty big so you we talking like this kind of grand entrance area the main lobby right now or you want to go check out somewhere else um for me i think what i'm going to do is i'm going to check the threshold so like the front entry door maybe the entrance or slash exit to the gift shop maybe um basically around each threshold of the first floor okay give me a uh either perception or investigation up to you as you make your way around and start checking things out that's going to be 15 nice 15 investigation so with a 15 i'll give you a couple things First is that the museum's front doors uh, definitely do lock from the inside. It looks like the kind of lock that uh, 
would definitely require some some quick and deft hands to open at night. Uh, would have to be picked using thieves tools kind of thing. Uh, but it does look possible. So, you, you know, you determine that front door could be opened at night with thieves tools if you, if mm-hmm. you wanted to. You also, over in the museum shop area, the gift shop, and the gift shops themselves are basically sections of the museum that are just filled with racks. The racks are filled with tunics and bandanas and books and all kinds of bric-a-brac with the the Varken Bluff Museum logo on it and T-shirts that say, I went to Varken Bluff and all I got was this lousy (laughs) T-shirt. All I got was murdered by an eldritch whore. (laughs) (laughs) There's uh, plenty of those Allosaurus masks being sold. Uh, But what you do notice, Rod Stone Grip, is that on both sides of this staircase, there is like a small little kind of back door at the back of the gift shops, maybe where stock is kept, that kind of thing. But there is a section of the gift shop that is cut off from the public that is behind a, a closed door. Makes sense. But I didn't locate any alarms. No alarms are found. Um, how is this place lit up? Is it lit up with sconces, continuous flames? Like, how is uh, it lit up? Yeah, the inside, yeah, good guess. The inside is absolutely kept lit up with the continuous flame spell. Okay. Awesome. All right. They mm. got that ruby dust money. Is <laughs> <laughs> um, Are we only getting pamphlets from this halfling that um, Flintlock was flirting with, or... Is there? <laughs> Dude! <laughs> I assume Colin's flirting with everyone. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Just because you're right doesn't mean... Yeah, past the halfling, like, yeah, there's none of the museum of staff really bother you. I mean, the uh, guards have absolutely noticed you, but aren't giving you any more of a watchful eye than they're giving anyone else. Uh, I will say, though, that if you want to investigate or check out the exhibits here on the the first floor that would require kind of going over in that section and and doing some new roles but david's role is definitely enough to to handle the the grand entrance the staircase and the gift shops um how echoey is it in here like is it one of those classic like grand foyers where you can hear somebody walking from a million miles away you hear the doom 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 absolutely pretty loud in here hell yeah Kind of marble floors, kind of thing. Yeah. You know, the voices of the public are echoing along the walls, and yeah, it's it's echoey okay. for sure. Brocky wants to get a pamphlet just so he can do that, like uh, quintessential spy, like newspaper reading the newspaper, but not reading the newspaper. And he's gonna go like as they go around, he's gonna act all, oh, look at this, huh? But really, he's like looking at the people around and seeing how they're interacting with the exhibits and seeing Mm. what kind of folk are in this museum. Yeah, sure thing. Roll me uh, two D12s and give me the numbers separately. That's not a D20. (laughs) (laughs) I got an 11 and a 9. That's really good. (laughs) 
I'm glad you didn't say it the other way. That's why I said it that way. <laughs> 9-11! Wait, edit that out. All right. <laughs> so what you do notice is that the there's two guards on the first floor in this kind of grand entrance area. One of them is a female tiefling, and the other one is a male dwarf. I'm okay with both of those. <laughs> Send me Adam, coach. Send me in. <laughs> oh, what are the guards armed with? Or are they armed? Give me a perception check. Sure thing. Ooh, that is a 22. Uh, that is a high enough roll to determine they are all equipped with spears. Mm, okay. Wouldn't have taken much of a roll to notice, I don't think. <laughs> they're each holding massive spears. You successfully notice the automatic rifles they're carrying. <laughs> I'd say that's a high enough roll, too, that even from a distance, uh, Mo is able to determine that the name tag the dwarf is wearing says Grendor, and the name tag the tiefling is wearing says Serena. Both very pretty names. Mo will relay that information to everybody. Oh, by the way, they're also carrying spears. What? (gasps) My God, see, that's why we keep you around. (laughs) I thought they were just happy to see me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Now, now, Brocky, you're more in the... uh, You're more used to dealing with those martial types... Any uh, while we're while we're heading around here, if you could keep an eye out for any of those who might be a little more green, might be just here for the paycheck as opposed to actually caring about it, if you can scope that out, that would be a huge asset to any uh any bribes you might have to make. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, can Rocky look at uh, Serena and Grendor for now and be like, are they are they rough and tumble or are they hoping their spears do all the talking? You want to do like an insight without. Before going over? Yeah, just an insight to see if they're like... Is one on their phone? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, give, give me an insight, Jack. 15. Kind of hard to tell, you know, from a few feet away and without, like, interacting with them. Uh, especially the dwarf, Grendor. You don't pick up anything from him without interacting with him. Serena looks as if she's actually very eager to to just look at the wonders of the museum matter of fact you kind of catch her reading one of the brochures herself oh hell yeah (laughs) i like her yeah and as always we do the little whisper between and we know our code words so all the knowledge is spread amongst the crew excellent we just all take a bathroom break at the same time (laughs) All right, I need to use the washroom. Who's coming with me? (laughs) I can't go alone. Fantastic. Speaking of which, should we get up to the washrooms? Check out the privy? Yeah. It's on floor two. We've got time. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, that's that's probably going to be the the key focal point as well. I want to spend some more time there anyways. You have an hour, we'll say, at this point before the gala itself starts up. So it's it's 5 p.m. Gala starts at 6. Fantastic. Yeah, like even just scoping out the entrance to the gala and the uh, places beside it, like Miles suggested earlier, that's probably what we're going to be looking at, honestly. Mm-hmm. 
So so up to the second. Up to the second floor. Up through the grand staircase, past the gift shop. I throw Grendor and Serena a couple of winks. On the second floor, the staircase opens up directly into the prehistoric predators exhibit. Yeah! Which is the most popular exhibit in the museum. You see the intact skeletons of several large prehistoric monsters are on display in here, including the museum's most famous display, the beautifully preserved body of an Allosaurus, its leathery skin appearing supple to the touch. There's an informational placard next to the dinosaur that explains that it died in the Merkmire millennia ago and has been naturally preserved. There's display cases along the room's walls that hold fossils of other ancient local predators. There's also two guards patrolling in this area, and there is a statue to the west of this stairs that depicts a winged satyr. And maybe the coolest part of all, even though it's not currently operating you notice that the allosaurus is a lot more than just a preserved skeleton the museum has hired rock gnomes to transform it into a harmless animatronic display whoa oh no are we gonna five nights at freddy's this and as soon as you guys uh, get up here the first thing you really notice or what your eyes kind of land on is that the base of the Allosaurus display just has, like, this small little hatch that you know is covering the buttons, the controls to the animatronics. Oh, I want to go there. Well, I think we'll have to see what you guys decide to do with that bit next week. Oh, Oh, man. Is this what a normal cliffhanger feels like? One that isn't soul-crushing? I don't know. I'm not allowed to touch those buttons. That's pretty darn soul-crushing to me there, guys. (laughs) 